This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am glad you are here. I am always happy to be here. And again, we have Father Jack Mossbrooker. Why do you have to have a last name I cannot pronounce? I don't know, but... (laughs) Thank you for joining us again. Uh, We're talking about employment justice. And the interesting thing about these conversations is they're happening in the middle of a city that has issue that calls itself a city of social justice, but uh, city of Portland, Oregon, that tends to see justice as a destructive way. I destroy you in order to get you to line up with my idea of justice. And they often say that in Portland, that you uh, is is the place where protesters protest protesters. <laughs> but in the middle of this, Father Jack and I are trying to have a conversation where we sit down and talk and listen to each other. And that is the purpose of this podcast. Now, today we're going to get more in depth into wages and how much power the worker actually has in the workplace. And we're also going to look at fair scheduling, compensation, and the issues around strong workplaces that are focused on what is good for the employee. Now, so far in our first two episodes, we've talked a lot and mentioned a lot, but let's get into more detail. So father, let's first talk about unions. I know you grew up in a union home. You've helped companies form unions you've spoken to unions about issues but is a union the solution for creating a good workplace or can we just trust companies to do the right thing (laughs) trick question (laughs) (laughs) trick question if you um if you had companies doing the right thing all the time you wouldn't need a union (laughs) yes i guess so (laughs) but the issue under as i mentioned earlier the issue underlying issue is power and that's yeah. what the union is about, is building worker power uh, so, that the, so that the worker has a voice in the company and that the worker can, uh, can negotiate some things like uh, work, work time, uh, workspace, you know, uh, and conditions of the work, mm-hmm. can negotiate some of those because you, you, need, you, need a, you need a power base to do that. Right. You know, it's just to give you an example. Uh, this one uh, r- recently, we had a big fight in a company, and the workers went out on strike. Mm-hmm. Well, the company fought it for a while, and then they gave in. But the issue was that the workers had some demands, and it came down to the point where they were willing to go on strike to get those demands met, mm-hmm. and the company would not listen. They wouldn't. They were intransigent, but at least they gave in to that and uh, gave the workers listened to the workers and and enabled the workers then to negotiate with them. Mm-hmm. And so, 
You know, every couple of years you have a contract negotiation between yeah. unions and their company. Mm-hmm. And those are sometimes fraught and they go on for a mm-hmm. long time. The workers are working without a contract because it's expired and the company won't won't negotiate a good contract with, with them. So it's it's unfortunately what has happened is that in this country we've gotten a a conflict between workers and management. It's mm. like it has to be almost. It's like this yeah. is this is where right. we are. So that's the way we have to be. Yeah. But we don't have to be there. Right. You know, if I think if uh, somehow companies could convince the workers that whatever they d- Whatever they do and whatever the, the company does and whatever the worker does is for the betterment of the company and mm-hmm. the product, you, we could maybe move forward in a mm-hmm. different way. Yeah, we were talking on the break about how without the person on the assembly line making the product, there is no product. That's <laughs> so, right. <laughs> yeah, they're, per, they're kind of important to the company. That's right. We forget <laughs> that, that it's the workers who make the money for the company. Right. Now, I grew up in a union home as well. And uh, I told my mom one time, I think the the union rep probably got tired of her because she complained a lot, but that was her prerogative and she had that power. But uh, for those who maybe never have been exposed to unions, let's talk about how they work. And in and, and talking about how a union works, talk about that thing when there's that period of time when there is no contract. What happens during that time? Well, maybe it's even start at a different place where, okay. where people want to form a union. Okay. And so what happens typically is an organizer will go in and explain what a union is to them. Mm-hmm. And they will uh, talk to the workers and have the workers talk to one another and to explain uh, what how a union works and, and what a union does, can and can't do. And so then the workers talk about it, and when the workers seem ready – to um, uh, to to form a union, if they decide that, they will have an election okay. for a union. So this is something that typically companies fight. They do not want an election. Even good companies, like like uh, some I, some good companies I know, fought the unions, uh, and the the unions won. Mm-hmm. But uh, the 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 uh, companies will fight, and unfortunately, the way it is now. The, the companies have an unfair advantage over the unions when they're trying to form. They can do all sorts of things. Why is that? Well, just because of the laws, the way mm. the NLRB laws are. And that's uh, that's just the way it's set up now. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, this pandemic with uh, a shortage of workers has, is kind of moving at these, the power back to the unions that they can make some demands. And, uh, and the companies... Uh, feel a little more fragile, yeah. uh, not totally, but a little more. So so I think that, you know, what I've seen is that workers who, for example, are in a company are the, the lowest paid workers, the least skilled workers, mm-hmm. have the greatest difficulty in trying to form a union. Mm-hmm. The right. most skilled people, they don't have to worry too much about it because mm-hmm. they're in demand, but the, the least skilled people Companies oftentimes think that, well, they're just, we can get them all out, a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do much for them. And that's really unfortunate because yeah. people are people. They're, yes. not, they're not automatons. Mm-hmm. And they, they, every person needs to be respected by the company. And every person 
is doing something valuable for that company. Mm -hmm. And every person is the face to the public Mm -hmm. of that company. Mm -hmm. If you have a good face, it's good for the company. Mm -hmm. If you have a bad face, yeah. well. Well, and I think what happens in our world is a couple things. One is that we see separation between each other. So I think management often sees there's us and there's them. There's a separation. And because management often is located at an office off-site somewhere, they don't see the workers, probably never meet the workers. So it just doesn't dawn on them. These are real people. These aren't just names on a sheet somewhere. Well, not only that, but there used to be what they called a social contract between workers and management. And this part of that social contract was money. And that, you know, the worker owned, or the manager owned 10 to 20 times what the worker earned. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of acceptable. But now the managers earn a thousand times what the worker earns. And that's just not acceptable to the workers. And I don't think it's right. And and the problem is that you get a lot of greed at the management level. Yeah. Fortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I heard a, a major company recently had really good profits, so they gave everybody a raise. I thought, well, that's interesting, and I read about it more. They gave everybody at the headquarters a raise. I thought, <laughs> oh, well, that doesn't count as everybody. But uh, now I've heard people, and talking about unions, I've heard people complain about unions being corrupt. Uh, what is your experience with that? Well, there's no question that some unions became corrupt. You know, power mm-hmm. corrupts. Yeah. Absolute power, power corrupts absolutely. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but so does management corrupt. Mm-hmm. So, the yeah, that, that happens. And and there need to be laws about corruption and unions and yeah. as well as any other organization. Yeah. So, I, I and, they're, and they're human beings. But we don't want to use that as, as a tool for saying mm-hmm. we don't need them. Right. Because that's uh, what we need is better laws around them. Yeah. And so people can kind of get a picture. What would you say is a good union and why is that? Okay, that's a good question. I like that. Yeah. Uh, a good union is a union that 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 respects all its people mm-hmm. and and sees that the what they are working for is the is the betterment of these people. Mm-hmm. Better working conditions, better wages, better hours, better um uh, better situations for their people mm-hmm. and that they're willing to, and this union uh, is willing to listen. The, the leaders are willing to listen to the workers and see what they want and mm-hmm. that they need and to negotiate with the, uh, the management for their contract that includes those issues. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to get everything all the time. No, but at least to, that they will negotiate that. So I think that, mm-hmm. you know, a, a union that respects people and, I my part of my experience with unions is that they build some fellowship mm-hmm. also, you know, that, yeah. that union workers used to go to union meetings. I don't know if they still do, but yeah. they go to union meetings, they meet one another, they they talk with one another about what's going on. Yeah. And there's a sort of a community support there yeah. also. Yeah. So I and I think that that just the fulfillment of a sense of power. Yeah. We have some power. We don't, we're not going to get run over, you know. Yeah. And that is means something. I I know in jobs where you feel powerless, it's just, it's like a black hole. 
(laughs) can be such an empty feeling. Now, in talking about wages, getting back to, to that conversation, a lot of people have noticed and talked about how wages have become stagnant. I am shocked when I look at jobs that are out there that the entry wage jobs are the paying the same now as when I moved to Oregon in 1997. So we're talking 24 years ago. And of course, the cost of living in Oregon has skyrocketed, but the entry-level jobs are paying the same. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit to that? Why are wages just stagnant? Because they can do it. Because they can. Okay. There's an honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. And you know the other side of that? How do they, how do they provide for a living then? Mm-hmm. Credit cards. Yeah, which just drives them further into debt. Yes. you know, and that's a, that's a terrible thing that's happening. But it's been happening for a long time. Yeah. you know, when, when before that inflation hit in the seventies, mm-hmm. people paid for things with cash. Yeah, and some the older people still do that. You know, they they don't have credit cards; they pay cash. Right. <laughs> but but then when when wages began to stagnate, people filled that in with credit. Yeah. And so now we they have these huge credit bills. Yeah. And that's that's just wrong. That, yeah. that has to be in our doesn't have to be in our society. Right. Uh, let's go break it down a little bit further because again, talking about wages, you hear a lot of talk about fair wages. What is a fair wage? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I I would go back to something that we used to use a term we used to call a living family wage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've which, heard that term. <laughs> <laughs> which means that. One person in the family could earn enough money to take care of the family. Yeah. But that's... Man, those days are far gone. <laughs> those days are far gone. People talk about the breakdown of society. Well, if you've got a mother and a father both working, mm-hmm. they talked about latchkey kids, you know, mm-hmm. come home, they're home alone, nobody yep. watching. That was me. Watching. Yeah. And it's just, it's a, you know, we talk about the breakdown of society. Well, that's part of the reason for that. And, um, and, and I think that a fair wage is a wage that sustains people mm-hmm. and enables them to have uh, to, to to take care of their family in terms of, phys- of physically, uh, in terms of housing and and food and and lodging. Right. You know, you need that. You need to have food and water and housing. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can't get that, if you have to go into debt to get that, it's just not fair. Yeah. And. We know there's enough money in our society yeah. to, to take care of everybody. Yeah, it's just in too few hands. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. so anyway, I, the, the fair. I, I don't think it's complicated when you think about a fair wage. I mm-hmm. think it's just real in our society. What would it take to take care of a family? Yeah, that's it. And it's it's not rocket science to figure out how much it costs to purchase a home, yep. and utilities, and to have a car. They get to work, and yet, uh, sadly, many people just can't do it. That's right. I mean, it is taking literally now most of your uh, um, paycheck just to pay a mortgage. Yep. And, yeah. Now, we have touched on it in previous episodes, but I want to go into more detail about fair scheduling. Uh, I mean, there's a variety of companies out there and a variety of, of careers that have various demands and 
ways of, of working out. So for example, a person who works at a factory versus a person who works at a hospital versus a person who works at a restaurant, you know, and like some of these companies, it's, it's predictable, you know, Toyota, we've sold this many cars. We need to get this many cars off the assembly line. However, a restaurant it's dead at two 30 in the afternoon, but it was busy two hours earlier. It's going to be busy two hours from now, you know, these, so how do we create a fair schedule? Well, that's a good, that's, that's a tough question. Yeah. I think, I think that, you know, I, I'm not sure how you, how you would manage that, you know, except mm-hmm. to say that, well, maybe some people are willing to work part-time, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and so they would come in for one shift yeah. and, or part of a shift. Yeah. And, and then some pe- other people come in for the next shift. Yeah. That's one way. Um, the other thing is, you know, restaurant business is, is, is certainly open to that. That That's mm-hmm. a difficulty in restaurant business because mm-hmm. like you pointed out they have the, the busy hours. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that the other side of that is, again, to for management to sit down with the worker and to say, how can we make this work for you? Mm-hmm. Tell me about your life yeah, and what do you Ooh. need. Yeah. You mean having a conversation? Yeah, yeah. Conversation, you know, which is, uh, which is, you know, the benefit of both of them, so that the the management would know what the worker needs, and the worker knows what management needs, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's the best way to do it. That's why you have a union so that yeah. you can work those things out. Yeah, and, I love yeah. that. You know, of course, this podcast is all about people sitting down, listening to each other, and. Management does need to listen to workers, but again, like you said just now, workers listening to management because they have to make money and right. as well. So, yeah, those are good things. Um, one of the things, creative ideas that the company I work for has done is they've created floaters. So, and I was a floater for a while before I got this department manager position, but one of the thing, the floaters will work they put them in the, their eight hours in the middle of the day. So they're catching the end of the morning, catching the afternoon and the early evening. So that's their eight hours. But the floaters are trained to work in every department. Mm. They know how to work in every department. And they get a higher wage uh, because of it. But also what happens then as one department has a demand at a certain time, those floaters can go there and fill that temporarily. And then they go to the next spot to fill you know, just wherever, and that's solved that problem. So it's allowed there to be full-time workers who get benefits who at the same time are filling certain needs at certain times of the day. So, yeah. It's a clever solution. Yeah, creativity. Now, let's talk about benefits. I know we've talked quite a bit about benefits, but what are some of the good benefits you think should be offered to workers? Well, pretty clearly, um, you know, in in our day, health care is one that should be offered. Mm -hmm. And how should it be offered? Well, uh, it should be offered through the healthcare system. Okay. You know, so that pe- um, that people know what they have and what they and and how much is costing them uh-huh. and and what they need. Okay. So so that um, you know somebody who doesn't need uh, maternity benefits doesn't have to buy them. Ah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> So that they need buy what they need, you know. Yeah. Uh, any the other piece of that is that uh, 
um, you know, dentistry is important in the healthcare benefits. That's really very important. Another benefit is time, time off, you know, yeah. time to be away, time to to have leisure, time to be with your family, time to mm-hmm. uh, be with your friends and uh, do those kinds of social things, be with your church and and those kinds of social things. So I think that that's a benefit. That time, yeah, is a benefit. I think the other the other benefits that they should have are something for their future security, because most people will not work their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they need to have some kind of retirement benefit built in. Now we have Social Security, which is good, and that, but it's pretty small. Yeah, typically, and. But I think the average now is sixteen hundred dollars a month, which not many people could live on. Definitely not <laughs> on the West Coast, that's for sure. Yeah. So, so they need, you know, they need something for the future, and uh, to to work in to to be built into their benefits. So those are the kinds of fundamental things mm-hmm. that I, that I think they need to have, mm-hmm. and um, you, you know, there's a benefit that that uh, that. Is is a little bit more abstract, and that's the benefit of security. Mm-hmm. That these people know the company is mm. is committed to the workers. Yeah, that's a real benefit. I think. Yeah, wow, that's huge. Uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about in this. One is, uh, I've, a lot of companies, almost it seems like almost every one of them these days has switched over to the 401k retirement plan. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's bad. Oh, really? Why yeah. is that? Well, they used to have what they call a defined benefit mm-hmm. uh, retirement, which means that the company would decide, with along with the workers or the union, would decide how much does a person need for retirement. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they would they make they do some mathematics and say, here's how much we have to invest in this retirement program to make sure that happens. Mm-hmm. But you got it, and you could count on it, and you knew you had it. The 401k is 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 different in the sense that you get kind of a stock portfolio. Yeah. Typically, the stock for portfolio you get is based on an agreement between the company and some investment company. Mm-hmm. So the company gets a little benefit out of that, yeah, out, out of that deal, but the worker then is responsible for making sure that their investments are are doing the best they can. Hmm. Well, how many workers? How many people know how yeah. to invest? You know, well, yeah. I, I don't. You know, I've right. I've looked at it. I've thought about it. I don't know how to do that, and I don't want. I don't have, want to take the time to do it even. Yeah, because I know I, it's just too big a deal. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so the 401k, I think, can be a disaster for people. Mm. Plus, you know, the every year they would a company might invest some money in the 401k. Say, we're going to take put four thousand dollars in it, but the person could take that four thousand dollars and not invest it and put it in their pocket. Yeah. Well, now, I would say that's kind of foolish. Yeah. But people do it, and unless somebody talks them out of it. They may not have much in that four hundred one k when they yeah. retire, because yeah. they've already spent it, you know, the investment money. Right. So it's fraught with some dangers, mm-hmm. and I think, and uh, 
it's it's uh, it's expecting something of people that most mm. most people I would say don't have. Yeah, and that's an investing uh, sense, yeah. Yeah. Or, or skill or acumen. Yeah. Uh, one thing you had mentioned earlier was about uh, benefits shouldn't be tied to wages. Let's go more into that conversation. What does it mean for benefits to be tied into wages? Well, that's the health health insurance. You know, was uh, uh-huh. back in the fifties when they when they were uh, bringing forth health insurance. The doctors didn't want it. Didn't want uh, something like a Medicare program. So they, the only way they could get one is to tie it to the wages, to your job. Not to the wages, but to your job. Mm-hmm. If you had a job in a company that, that offered health care, you got it. If you didn't have a job in that company, you didn't get it. Oh, okay. So yeah. talking about like group plans and... Right. All of it. Now, is that a good thing to have uh, that set up or not? I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't think it is. I think we need something independent of having a job because they're... A lot of people don't have a job. Kids yeah. don't have jobs. Plus, if you lose your job or whatever, move to another job, then you got to start literally all over. I've had jobs where you have the insurance, and then you got to wait three to six months to get insurance again. And, yeah. you know, of course, you get those those letters from Cobra. It's like, oh, we'll extend it. Yeah, but the price is incredible. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it, and, and people... Will, I've talked to people who say, "Well, I have to stay in this job because I might need this this uh, yeah. this uh, procedure, and so I have to stay here, even though I don't want to." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's finish by talking about power. You've talked a lot about that, and that unions get power, and asking the question, "Where is the power?" Uh, so, in a just company, where does the power lie? Uh, very good. The power is shared. Ah, yes. <laughs> you know, not one against the other. Huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, good answer. <laughs> people and people see that if we share this, we can we are better off than if we are competing for it. Yes, so true. So the competition is, I think, oftentimes destructive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People talk about competition and capitalism like it's a good thing. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, and the competition between management and and uh, la- and labor, we see what that does. Yeah, exactly, and has created death in the past sometimes. Right. Yes. So, one of the things we focus on these podcasts is giving people tools to create justice where they're at. What can people do to begin to make a difference in employment where they're at? Ah. Uh. Well, I think, even by the way, even if it's not a company they work for, but they're observing yeah. injustice. Yeah. Well, I think that first of all, if you if there is injustice, you report it. Mm-hmm. You stand up and say this is wrong. Yeah. That's important. And a lot of times, people are afraid to mm-hmm. because well, they know the consequences. They'll be the they'll be the problem. Yeah. And they will get blamed for for the problem rather than the problem get yes. blamed. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the first thing is to see, mm-hmm. see to for a person who sees an injustice is to, is to say it, but also to look for how can I work at this? How can I resolve this? Mm-hmm. You know, is uh, it's like like the the organizer called me to ask to ask the manager if he'd pay the person their wages. You know, 
this this organizer said, well, I, I know somebody who has some power, <laughs> although I don't have it. <laughs> they thought I did, you know, but it worked out. And so I think that's it. You got you have to you have to be smart about where's the power. Mm-hmm. You know what what are what can I do? Yeah. And and where are my resources mm. to to for doing this? And with the union, you know, your resource is a shop steward. Yeah. You know, and uh, hopefully you got a good one and uh, and to to make something happen. Yes. But I think even if it's another company that you're looking at, you know, I think we need to report these things. The more mm. we report them, the less likely they are to get away with it. Yeah. Well, Father, thank you for joining us again. Yeah, you're this welcome. I'm glad to do it. Been this a good talk. Going. We've got one more episode to go. Uh, security in time, security in wages and benefits should be the goal of every company. That's the summary of what we're talking about today. And we're if you're listening here and you're in charge of people at your work, whether you're the owner, manager, or or supervisor know that the workers that under you are real people. They have real lives, real families, and real needs. And they worry about those things, just like you do. And just like maybe you worry about the success of your company, they're worried about the success of their personal life. Uh, so they have families to take care of. And, and just the simple fact that they are not robots, but are humans who have limited capacity for working should move us to create better workplaces uh, for our employees. Uh, Injustice in the workplace has sadly become too common in society. And as we record these podcasts, it's becoming, it seems to be accelerating the injustice that's happening. Although I would say maybe this pandemic has maybe swung the pendulum a little bit on that, hopefully. But we must stand up and work for change in the workplace. And as you've heard some of Father's ideas, I encourage you to begin to put them into practice. To to put it into practice, you might fail at first, but that's why it's called practice. You put it into practice until you get it right. And I encourage you to work for the rights of workers. Work for the rights of workers right where you are. So thank you for joining us. I hope you have a great day. And... Keep on going, creating a justice right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.